Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Well, it's great to see you all here this morning, and it's great to be here. But imagine for a moment that I wasn't here, that instead you had a deacon standing up at the front who was saying, unfortunately, Mike is unable to be with us this morning, he's unable to preach this morning Because he's been arrested and is in prison. How would you feel? Would you be shocked? Would you be thinking, what has Mike done this time? (laughs) And what about when the news gets out into the town? What would other people be thinking about the church and your involvement in a church where the pastor is in prison. But then suppose you suddenly discover that the reason I'm in prison is because of you. It's your fault. How would you feel? Discouraged? Guilty? And this is kind of what is happening here in Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 1 through to 13. Paul writes in verse 1, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. And it seems that Paul suddenly gets sidetracked over here. He suddenly gets sidetracked from his main argument and goes off on a tangent for 13 verses. He picks up his main argument again in verse 14, where again he says, for this reason. He repeats, for this reason. And he goes on to say, I kneel before the Father. But in verse 1, he never finishes his sentence. He never gets to the phrase, I kneel before the Father. It says, if as soon as he writes that he's a prisoner for their sake, he suddenly thinks... I wonder what they're thinking about that. I wonder they're discouraged about that. I better explain things. And so for these 13 verses, he's explaining that why he, how they should feel and why he's in prison. And so essentially he says, look, don't worry about me in prison because actually I'm in a very privileged position. We read in verse 2, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made, made known to me by revelation. There was a mystery. There was a secret that nobody knew about until now. Now the secret is out. God has revealed the secret to Paul. What is the secret? What is the mystery? Well, Paul tells us in verse 6, he says, This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, And share us together in the promises in Christ Jesus. 
What is the mystery? Well, in short, it is the ma- God's master plan for restoring the whole universe, the whole cosmos, in and through Jesus. You can read more about that in chapter 1 in verses 9 to 10. And over here he breaks it down for us. And he says at the beginning of verse 6 that this mystery, this master plan of God is achieved through the gospel. The gospel is God coming to us in Jesus. God dying for us, being buried and raised again for us in Jesus. And through that event, God brings reconciliation into the world. For Jesus' death has destroyed that dividing wall that separated the Jews from the Gentiles, the non-Jews. They are now all part of one body. That was the great secret. Up until this point, the Jews thought that they and they alone were the people of God. And they thought everyone else was excluded and inferior. But in fact, God's master plan has always included everyone. Everyone is included because Jesus brings reconciliation to all nationalities, all cultural groups, and all races. Everyone is included. Everyone has equal access to God on the very same terms. And it has absolutely nothing to do with how good you are or who you are. It has everything to do with how good Jesus is. That's why Paul can write in verse 12, In Him, that's Jesus, and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Sorry, non-Jews were never allowed to enter into the very presence of God in the Jewish temple. They weren't allowed to go beyond the outer courts. They weren't allowed to enter into the inner courts. If they did, they would have been killed. But even Jews were not allowed to enter into the innermost court, the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest, and only once a year. And he would do it with great fear and trembling. But now, we can enter into the very presence of God through faith in Jesus. And it doesn't matter if you're a Jew Or a non-Jew, the only way we can come into the presence of God is through faith in Jesus. Because when we put our faith in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit that indwells us, the very presence of God living within us. That's why Christianity is not technically a religion. It's not about doing things. It's about being in a relationship with God through our faith in Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. 
And it's about being in a relationship with one another. It's about being part of a reconciled community that is a multinational, multicultural, multiracial community in Christ. The church. This is God's master plan. This is the wisdom of God. And Paul writes in verse 10, he says, His intention was that now, through the church, the manifold, the multicolored wisdom of God, that's God's master plan, should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose, which He accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Okay, what is Paul talking about? Have you ever seen one of those small-scale models of a building that architects produce so that you can see exactly what the building will look like? I can remember when I was at Bible college, they wanted to add a new building to the campus, and the architects produced this small-scale model of the building so everyone could see exactly what the building would look like. That's what Paul's talking about. He's saying the church is God's small-scale model to show everybody exactly what He's going to do in the whole universe, the whole cosmos. God, the great architect, is disclosing, is showing his master plan in his small-scale model, the church. This community that has been reconciled to one another and has been reconciled to God. And it's through this, this community that is reconciled, that is at peace with one another and is at peace with, with God that is displaying God's great wisdom, that is displaying God's plan. For when the church is truly being the church, it is an incredibly powerful witness to all evil forces. When Palestinian Christians and Jewish Christians are worshipping together, when white Christians and black Christians in South Africa are worshipping together, it's an extremely powerful witness to all the cosmic powers of evil. You see, there are cosmic powers of evil that try to bring division and separation and hatred and, and wars. Bring separation between people and separation from God. But in the church is God's small-scale model of reconciliation and peace. Peace between people, peace between God. And that shows God's master plan to the whole universe. And that's a challenge for us. It's a challenge for us to ensure that we are always truly the church. Do you take, take note? It, it's got nothing to do with what the church says. It's got everything to do with who the church is. The church is a community of diverse people who have been reconciled to one another because of Jesus. 
and reconciled to God through Jesus. We need to ensure that we are always truly the church, that there are no divisions within us, that there is true reconciliation and peace between us. We need to ensure that we as a community are at peace with God, that we are in a right relationship with God. Because when we are who we've been called to be, it will be a powerful witness against all forces of evil within our world. So the secret's out. God's master plan is to create a new humanity in Jesus that is reconciled to one another and reconciled to God. And it's through this community that God is going to display His multicolored wisdom, His master plan of restoring the whole universe. Wow. So Paul says, now that you know that, don't worry about me in prison. Because I am actually in a very privileged position. Firstly, I am privileged because God chose to reveal this secret, this mystery, this master plan to me. And he feels that that is such a great privilege. It's worth suffering in prison for. He goes on in verse 5 to say that it wasn't only to him. It also was revealed, the secret was revealed to the apostles and the prophets. That's essentially referring to the twelve disciples of Jesus. And in verse 4 he says it's also being revealed to the Ephesians and to us who are reading this letter. Verse 4 says, in reading this then you will be able to understand the insights into the mystery of Christ. Wow, we too share that great privilege that Paul has. We too know the secret. God's master plan has been revealed to us. Do you have a sense of that privilege? And Paul is saying, don't worry about me in prison because God has not only revealed the secret to me, but secondly, God has called me to reveal the secret to everyone else. We read in verse 7 through to 9. Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of His power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery for which ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Paul acknowledges that there's nothing special about him, that he's not better than anyone else, and it's all because of God's grace, God's undeserved goodness to him, that God has chosen him to reveal the secret to everyone, especially to the non-Jews like the Ephesians. 
And therefore, he doesn't want the Ephesians to be all concerned about him in prison because he thinks it's such a great privilege to be able to share the good news with them. The reason he's in prison is because he shared the good news with non-Jews. That's why he's in prison. But he's saying, look, it's worth it. It's worth it because it's such a great privilege. Especially to share the good news with the non-Jews, to let them know that they too are included. Everyone's included. Everyone can be part of this new humanity. Everyone can be part of this reconciled community that's reconciled to each other and reconciled to God. Everyone can be part of this community that displays the multicolored wisdom of God and the master plan of God. Everyone's included. What a privilege to share that. And today, it's still a great privilege to be able to lead people to Jesus, and to see their life being changed and transformed through being in a personal relationship with God. Do you have a sense of that privilege? That's why Paul ends in verse 13 by saying, I ask you therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Imagine you're walking along the side of a big river, and all of a sudden you come along a guy who's in a boat at the side of the river, and he looks half dead. He's in pain, He's struggling to breathe. His muscles are cramping up. He looks very, very ill. It looks like he's going to physically throw up. So you ask him, are you okay? And the man replies, I have never felt better. And you are confused. And you say, but don't you wish that you were well? And the man looks at him and says, Are you mad? Don't you get it? I've just won the Olympic gold. It was worth it. And that's what Paul said. It is worth it. I am suffering in prison because I've shared this good news with the non-Jews. But it's worth it. Because it's such a great privilege to be able to share that news with other people. It's worth it because it's for your glory. Not my glory. Not like the Olympic athlete who won the gold. All about his glory. This is for your glory. So that you might know the riches of Jesus. So that you might experience a personal relationship with God. It's worth it. If Paul wasn't prepared to suffer for the gospel, there's a good chance we wouldn't be experiencing the riches of Jesus now. There's a good chance we wouldn't be enjoying and experiencing a personal relationship with God now. Let's be thankful that people in the past have said it was worth it. 
Are you prepared to suffer for the gospel so that other people can experience the riches of Jesus and enjoy and experience a personal relationship with God? So let's ensure that we are the church. Let's ensure that we live up to our calling of being a truly reconciled people who are reconciled to one another and reconciled to God. A community that displays peace. Peace with each other and peace to God. That can display the manifold wisdom of God and the master plan of God. Because that is a powerful witness to the world. And let's ensure that we are always prepared to share the secret, to share the good news with everyone, because everyone's included. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your master plan. We thank you that we are included. That through Jesus you have broken all walls of division. Walls that divide people from people. Walls that divide people from you. So that we can experience peace and reconciliation. And we thank you that this is only a small scale model of what you are planning to do in the whole universe. The whole cosmos. And we thank you, Father, that we have a part in that. Won't you inspire us today to be your church? To boldly be what you have created us to be. Help us to realize that it's worth it. Even though there are times where we might struggle, there might be times of hardship, but it's worth it because of the great reward, the riches we have in Jesus, the inheritance we have in Jesus, the promises we have in Jesus. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever.